I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. How are you feeling about Instagram these days? Are you getting frustrated by your follower count? Or do you feel like you're on the app all day and it's totally bringing you down, making you feel like crap? Are you maybe wondering if the algorithm is working against you? Well, I think all of us have these feelings. So today I have a little something different for you. Eduardo Morales, who runs the Macrame Makers Instagram account, reached out to me and said, Cindy, I've noticed that so many talented artists are out there who just don't seem to be gaining the reach they could, or they don't seem to be getting noticed as much as they should on Instagram, and I would love to help these people. So maybe we should chat. And I was like, of course, yes, totally agreed. Let's talk. So... Uh, Eduardo and I got to chat and he um, shares tons of information with us. He is an expert on all things Instagram by trade. He researches digital and social media marketing and writes for medium.com. He shares his findings, tools, and best practices in informational articles, answering things like, hmm, how to grow your Instagram followers without buying likes or things like how to schedule and publish all your Instagram posts straight from your computer. Or he researches things like why your Instagram account isn't growing. So uh, we answer some of these questions in our chat. But if you want to dig deeper, head to the Macrame Makers Instagram account and go to that little icon where it has the highlighted stories. And you'll see um, in his highlighted stories are his uh, Instagram articles. So you can go there and see what he's written about. Super, super helpful. Really such a nice guy. I'm so happy that Eduardo took the time to chat with us so or with me <laughs> and share with you guys. So anyway, I hope you guys find our discussion informa- inf- informative, <laughs> informative and helpful. Here we go. Hi, Eduardo. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Um, it's a really exciting thing to have you on, and it's a little bit different for um, what I normally do. As you know, I'm, I'm usually interviewing other um, fiber artists, but you're a little bit different, but I think that you have a lot of important knowledge to drop for a lot of us makers. And so, yeah, so that's why I wanted to have you on, but thank you for being here. Thank you, Cindy. Like, I know I told you this before we got started, but oh, it's just an honor to be here, and I just feel so grateful to be speaking to you and and admirer of your work and everything that you do for the macrame community. So oh, you are I feel the very sweetest. Lucky. Thank you. So sweet. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, most people do know um, the account Macrame Makers. You have sort of exploded in the last maybe year, year and a half or so. But um, yeah. can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, why you started the account and um, sort of what's led you to this to this point? Yep. Um, Wow, Macrame Makers was truly just the winding path that I never <laughs> expected to have in my life. Um, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about how I started on Instagram yes. and how that whole thing led to Macrame Makers. Definitely, okay. So, um, born and raised in Guatemala, uh, moved to New York around eight years ago with literally a one-way ticket just to wanted to live in New York. Oh, wow. Um, and with the whole thing, I just wanted to work in fashion, and I thought fashion was really cool. So I moved um, to try and make a career out of it. Um, ended up doing like a free, non unpaid internship for a few months, and then got into fashion PR. Um, and that was really, really, really hard. But I think that was the beginning of like my transition into Instagram and the whole online world, because 
when I was doing passion PR, it was around the time where like Instagram was really picking up and magazines were mm -hmm. starting to dwindle. Mm -hmm. And I was working at a really small fashion PR firm and none of the magazines ever returned my emails. <laughs> yeah. So what started happening was like, man, I see, I use Instagram. Maybe like these people on Instagram will, start, will respond to my emails. So I would invite people on Instagram to events and stuff. And um, we started to develop a few relationships. And long story short, it was a really tough industry to be in. And I was like, this is not for me. I need to quit. Yeah. Um, so I quit that. And luckily for me, one of the people that worked in the magazine that I knew, she was working, well, she was starting to work at this new app that was moving to the US called Depop. I don't know if you've heard of Depop. I think I have, yeah. So Depop is kind of like Etsy, but Etsy meets Instagram. Okay. So everyone has their own home, um, like their home profile. You have the home feed. This is, it works exactly the same. Okay. Um, and that's a big reason why it does well because people know how to use it and has like the same sort of mechanics. So my job there was to basically try and get people who are really successful on Instagram and get them to start selling on the app. Okay. And is it mostly a handmade um, the way that Etsy is or not too much? It started mostly like uh, fashion people. Okay. A lot of like YouTubers. Um, fashion influencers like personalities okay and what they would do was just basically sell stuff from the closet um or sell like whatever if it was a music artist maybe they would sell um, lyrics or they would sell basically personal stuff okay um so i got the opportunity to work with a lot of people who are really really good at instagram and during that time i was really bad at instagram like i didn't have an instagram account i thought I didn't want to have an Instagram account. I thought it was really bad at like taking photos and like just a whole social media game. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And it probably seemed like at the time, because I remember this too, when it was like, oh, it'll be like an extra little thing I do. Like, yeah, I only started my account way back when because I was having a baby and I was like, oh, that's people I... post photos of their kids. Like, cool. Yeah. So this was like, I don't know. What, so what is this for you? Like 2012-ish? 20... So maybe it was... Yeah, 2013, maybe yeah, around yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2013. And so working with these people who were really good at Instagram, I was like, huh, like noticing the behaviors that they did on the app. I was like, it doesn't seem like it really depends on the particular person as much as like the sort of things that they do. Mm. So people would tend to like post at a certain like post at a certain time, um, post often. Um, and like use hashtags and stuff like that. So I'm like, it seems like it's more that than like someone being like ridiculously talented. Right, so right, 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 right. And during that time, I was obsessed with enamel pins on Instagram. Oh, nice. So, you know, enamel pin, like it's, they're really big now. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, like it was just like this whole new thing on Instagram. And I'm like, man, I love pins. And I always like used to draw when I was young. So I'm like, oh, this is like a really cool creative outlet. And I was spending like a hundred dollars a month on pins every month, and I'm buying other people's pins. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. So me and my wife were like, "Man, like this is really not sustainable." Like, oh man. Okay, so what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and like see if all these things that I've learned from these people who are good on Instagram, try and replicate them on like an Instagram um, enamel pin page, okay. kind of like what Macrame Makers is, but yeah. it was just focused on enamel pins. And like all I wanted to get out of it was like a free pin. Like I would be <laughs> yeah, really yeah. happy with. If you just give me pins like that, like that'll be the that's, dream. That's a brilliant plan, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I started doing it, right? Like just implementing what I was seeing from these people and just trying to learn from people who were good at it. And it really like, it like blew up. It really worked. Um, it became after like a couple of years, like it's the biggest enamel pin exclusive page on Instagram. Cool. What page is that? What's it called? It's called Pinlord. Okay. Nice. So that's where I learned nice. all of my, like all of my, like in like Instagram abilities was just through learning about that. Like, right. so I started, it started growing really fast. Um, then I was like, okay, like I started getting free pins. I'm like, wow, oh, this is really cool. Um, one of my friends told me like, man, like people would really pay you to just post their pins. Like you'll, they'll, you'll, they'll make money. So you yeah. can not feel guilty about charging. <laughs> so I'll be like, okay, let's give it, I'll give it a shot. And I started charging and people started paying me to post their pins. Um, then I was like, maybe I'll just release my own pins. You know, like I know a lot about pins at this point. So I was selling them through my website on the page and that started growing. Nice. So it's all kind of like this, like just learning because there, at that point, like there just wasn't that much information about how to run a business on Instagram mm -hmm. or like what to do. Yeah. Um, so I was just basically, it. I was able to almost pay my rent from it. Damn. And I was like, oh. like, uh, I, like I was working at Depop, right? And like people at Depop were amazing. They really supported me, but it was like a growing startup and it was like really intense, like high pressure. And yeah, were like, the hours crazy too? Yeah, but not because they wanted to leave, just because I was like really into my job and I, and I just worked really hard. And yeah. I, just, I would spend like 10, 12 hours a day just either working or thinking about it. But yeah. It was also taking a toll on just mental health and just not feeling healthy or excited about stuff. So right. I'm like, maybe this whole pin thing, like if I quit my job and I spend five more hours a week on this, I'll be able to pay my rent and then and then that's enough. Like I can survive, right? Yeah. So I quit my job and then I started putting more time on Pin Lord and I was able to earn enough to like survive. But after a while I was like, oh man, like was this like a, just like a fluke? Like that? I, was it just like I got lucky, or can I replicate these sort of like activities yeah. and grow other accounts just to prove that it's like the activities that make it work, not right. the account itself, right? Right, right. So I started like twenty Instagrams, like about like things that I was particularly interested in. So my wife was doing macrame. I'm like, oh, macrame, that seems really cool. I love how it looks. You know, like let me start a page there. I did one on like ceramics. Nice. I did one on like weird like yoga stuff. I did one on like candles. I did one on like meditation. Like all of these things that interested me. Oh my god, this is so much. <laughs> like I know how what it takes to build one account. I yeah. cannot imagine your screen time report is probably like one hundred and seventy five percent of your hours. <laughs> yeah, are on yeah. social. Yeah. But, but the whole thing was like, okay, like I need to do this sustainably, right? So I was like doing a lot of research, like how to automate posting. Like mm -hmm. at the time you couldn't even automate that sort of stuff. So I'm right. like, oh, let's see if there's any softwares to do it. Like how can I do it in a way where I'm not going to spend my life on Instagram? Um, yeah. So automating a lot of the stuff, right? And long story short, like a lot of them started really taking off. And one of the ones that took off the most was macrame makers. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was... Um, Party for All, which is my ceramic account, which is really big now. Party for All? Pottery for All. Pottery yeah. for All, okay. Yeah. And another one that was um, Pleasantly Green, which is just like just plant stuff. Plants, but yeah. Yeah, that didn't do as well. But so what I started noticing is like, okay, well, like, okay, this obviously, they work really, really well. Like all these activities are things that 
aren't that secret or special. It's just about like knowing exactly what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how Macro Makers got started. Okay. Um, so so can you tell us a little bit? So yeah. you, I'm going to go ahead and pretty much assume you are an Instagram expert after all of the experiences and also with like the, the way that I think you've been there since before the algorithm change and all that yeah. stuff that people are talking about. So yeah. I would love if you could get into some of the ways that people – could help grow their own accounts. Okay. All right, right. Like, what's so, the formula you figured out? So, so like, I, uh, so because I'm a person who isn't particularly good at taking photos, or isn't, I don't feel particularly comfortable in uh, in front of a camera. Um, I am really in, like invested in trying to make it as simple as possible for people like me. Yeah. <laughs> so think about like, okay, like even if you think you don't know anything, like. Here are the five, three, four things that you need to do to just make something at least be okay and do relatively well. So when it comes to Instagram, um, I think, and specifically around like crafts and like the stuff that we do, I think there's three things that people really need to think about. Um, And this has changed over time, but now is, first of all, like really understanding the best practices. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the activities, like, knowing that you should be posted frequently. So for example, at least once every two days is a place where you can start to try and like get the rate of posting, um, learning how to do hashtags. And then we can get a bit into the weeds if you want about this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But so posting. Oh, we're frequently. definitely getting into the weeds with this. Okay, okay. That's why, why, that's why you're on here. <laughs> okay. Um, so posting frequently, uh, knowing how to use hashtags, um, knowing how to maximize the interactions that you have with other people. So you appear in other people's activity feeds, mm-hmm. um, knowing how to get tagged as frequently as possible and knowing at what time to post. Like if you get those five things, like they don't require any particular ability, just like getting them done, just right? knowing them, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And the sixth one of that one is knowing how to take good photos, which that is a bit more involved but like good photography really really matters yes but apart from like those that are like the best practices i've noticed that because instagram has changed so much and the algorithm changes so frequently um there's so many more people using instagram right um like for example in the pin world and in the macrame world there's so many more people doing it right like the level of competition is so much more than it used to be Mm -hmm. so apart from the best practices is two things it's first of all being differentiated as differentiated as you can. It, so you mean say, in the in what the work looks like, or what, or your photo style, or or what? All of it, like okay. it, the execution of what you do, right? So, for example, like let's say let's talk about macrame. So, a lot of people are doing macrame, right? Like, there's there used to be, let's say, there used to be a hundred really good people on Instagram. Now there's a thousand really good people right. on Instagram. And you tend to see what is sort of like the standard sort of work, like the standard sort of pieces, the standard sort of photography, like the things that are kind of a bit like average that everybody does similar to each other. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed that really is going to be nece- is necessary now and really more necessary in the future is kind of like standing out from that average of what people are doing. Yeah. So that can be like the type of work that you do, the type of photos that you do 
the type of personality you have, the way that you communicate a caption, like all of that sort of stuff really matters. But what you want is just to not appear like one more pin maker or one more macrame artist, you know, like it, things that they really need to stand out. Mm -hmm. So like being really differentiated is super, super important. And then the other one is um, doing content in a niche that isn't already super saturated. Mm -hmm. So that'll give you a really good uh, opportunity to give you a high probability of being able to grow fast. Yeah. So for example, like enamel pins now, if I started my account pin more now and the way that the enamel pin community is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't grow mm -hmm. because now there's so many people doing what I do. Right. And there's no reason for me like, okay, why am I going to pick this 101 enamel pin repo reposter that does the same thing that everybody else does? Right. So if you get started on a niche that's already, there's a lot of people doing a lot of really good things, it's just going to be really, really, really hard to stand out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's starting to feel like that in general, just because Instagram is so, it's grown so much, which is interesting because it's, um, in that sense, there's like more potential buyers or customers. But yeah. then there's also so much more potential to get lost in the crowd. So yeah. um, how do you feel? So let's go back to like what what people can do who so so let's talk about macrame for example. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, because there are so many more people on it. Um, yeah. How do you think? Like, have have you, have you sort of figured out for you the best time and day to post? Yeah. So. Another way to, to think about like time and day and like frequency of posting, I like to think that I, well, I recommend people to kind of like take yourself out of the equation and start a good old spreadsheet <laughs> and just kind of oh, like let, no. the, let, the, let the numbers <laughs> tell you what's right. Uh, but it, like it's, I hate spreadsheets too, so it's like, nah, like I, I, I do it as simple as possible. Um, so because, so the time, the best time of day to post and the frequency of posting is going to change forever mm -hmm. so it's yeah. not always helpful to think of like oh this is the best thing to do because right it's definitely a moving target yeah and it's always going to be okay so how, what i tell people to do is be like use a spreadsheet and do like do things week by week right so for example be like i don't know what time to how many times i should post a day i don't know so i'm going to start like week one i'm going to try and post once every two days right and i'm going to just make sure i do that once a week what uh, well do that for that week Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the week, you just go like, okay, how did, how many followers did I have last week? And how many followers do I have this week? Like, if that number grew, then you should try and post once more. So the, the following mm -hmm. week, you should post like, okay, I did once every two days. This week, I'm going to do once every day. And then measure again at the end of the week. Oh, did that make my numbers grow? Or did mm -hmm. my numbers go down? And if, if the number of followers keeps growing, then keep po like posting more until you reach a point where the people your followers get annoyed that you're posting too much and start following you i was gonna say like is that gonna happen like <laughs> does that happen where people are unfollowing oh, sure. because they're just annoyed by you for sure yeah okay so that's why you want to always measure at the end of the week right so they'll be towards like maybe i'm posting twice a day and then after twice a day i notice that oh i grew i lost followers or i grew at a smaller pace than the last week then be like okay once once a day is the best one yeah so then that like measuring that number will always kind of like be your guiding light to be like, okay, is this good or bad? 
And then you won't have to guess, like, you'll be like, okay, the numbers are telling me this, so I need to, I'll take my decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. And then you do the same with time of post, right? That time of, yeah, time of posting. Mm-hmm. So let's see, like, okay, this week I'm going to, I think if you don't know nothing, you'd be like, okay, I think my intuition would be that you want to post at a time where most of your followers are going to be on the app, like physically. Mm-hmm. And that's usually at night and in the morning, but you don't know exactly there, right? So those are two good places to start. So you'd be like, okay, this, I think most of my followers are on the app at like after they get to work and before they go to sleep. So I'm going to try at 8 p.m. And then you, one week you just post all your posts at 8 p.m. and then measure like, oh, how do they do? Mm-hmm. And then maybe next week, you'll be like, oh, but maybe in the morning. So in the morning, you, next week, you'll try to be like, okay, I'm going to do all my posts in the morning. And then if you measure the difference in followers, you'll get, uh, you'll know which one is better. Yeah. Like the numbers will. Do you feel like it's very clear cut like that? Because um, what I also wonder, because I I start, I don't know, I get very confused on time to post because sometimes I'll try like 8 a.m. and I'll try 9 a.m. or I'll try 3 p.m., which always bombs. But, um, <laughs> and that's, so this is New York time, but I was, I'm assuming like I have so many followers in California, I'll be like, oh, well, it's only like, uh, you know, 12, it'll be noon for them. So they're eating lunch, you know, whatever. So yeah, you're trying to yeah. figure out all this stuff. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and then, oh, and then I also have like, I feel like I have a good amount of maybe Australian followers. Since yeah. fiber art's so big there, then I'm like, oh, it'll yeah. be like 7 a.m. for them. I don't know. It's yeah. getting very confusing. But then yeah. to mix into that, uh, yeah. whether or not the content I posted was just not desirable or desirable or the algorithm didn't like it, you know? Yeah. So is there anything you can say about – because time to post, yeah, I guess people can kind of figure out intuitively, like, you know, assuming people are getting to work at a certain time or eating lunch and wanting to look. Um, yeah. So let's talk about content. Um, yeah. I, what I noticed with macrame makers, which I think is brilliant because I, I'm i pretty sure the more you put yourself in it with a piece, yeah. it, it does better. And I've yeah. noticed that your, your account, you almost always repost people who are in the photo. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. So like having a figure in there, um, I think tends to do really well. It was just hard for some people. Like, oh. like I ha- I kind of hate putting myself in it because now it's I just so thought, I feel like I'm being like self whatever i don't yeah. know like congrats not congratulatory i can't think of the word but um it's, it's a little weird to put yourself into it sometimes but i'm the same that's why i didn't put myself in these accounts I'm right like, I can't do it. right 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 <laughs> yeah well so it's a brilliant move though to 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 realize that you're like i feel like your account grew so fast and i think so much of it is like the cohesiveness of you having like the figure of a person holding their macrame yeah. um really often in there yeah. So I guess that's probably that's a good thing, guys. You have to put yourself out there. Yeah. Take a picture with your pieces. <laughs> yeah. But like that's the like, but it goes again to the whole differentiation thing, right? So, to, I'll, there's a reason why I ended up posting those sort of photos. Mm-hmm. So at first I didn't know what what photos. I just intuitively said like, oh, that photo looks nice. This photo looks nice, right? right? I didn't know. So I just started like for the first few months. I just posted whatever I could the things that intuitively felt pleasantly visually to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then what I did was afterwards, you know, in business in the business accounts in the insights page, you can look at your engagement mm-hmm. of like which posts do best. So what I did after I had like, maybe it was like around 50 posts, a bit more. I, I went on my insights page and this is really, really helpful for everyone. It's helped me on all my pages. So you go on your insights page and you go to the, 
to see which posts get the most engagement and you sort by the ones that have gotten the most engagement on your account. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram will like, sh- like at the top, they'll put the ones that have gotten the most engagement. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom are going to be the ones that have gotten the least engagement. So I'm like, when you do that, most of the time there tends to be certain common characteristics of the posts that tend to do well mm-hmm. and certain common characteristics of the posts that don't tend to do well. Like just visually, you can yeah. immediately kind of like sense them. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's why I started, I didn't like personally, like I like photos that not necessarily have people in them. I like there's someone like just really nicely laid or like really good pieces. Like my personal taste isn't necessarily that. Right. But Instagram was telling me like, listen, like everyone, like people who follow your page just love these sort of photos. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, at the end of the page, this page is to help other macro makers reach a larger audience. It's not necessarily for like my personal taste. So right. I'm like, I want to make this grow as fast as possible and give people the content that they want. Right. So that's why I started doing more photos of people with the macrames because that's what just got the most engagement. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. And also, this makes me think. So I often get people asking me, uh, "What? How do you choose pictures to repost?" Yeah. And like for me, it's like, oh, well, first you use my products because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm a business. And so I'm also advertising my products. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of number one. But the other yeah. thing is that I like I tend to try to keep my feed cleanish. You know, like I have a lot on white backgrounds and things like that. And yeah. so I think it's a cool thing to point out for other people. If you want to get picked up by another account that has a high volume of um, followers to look at that account and look at what they're look mm-hmm. like, what are they reposting? We're, you're reposting yep. people who are holding their macrame beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I am reposting clean, uh, light and bright sort of images of yeah. people who are using the products. So yeah. I think it's like, I think it's a good tip to point out because I don't think a lot of people, for some reason it doesn't click for everyone that, that yeah. did like look at the account of the person that you're constantly tagging and you want them to repost you, then you need to be yeah. going following along on to like their aesthetic, the aesthetic of their account. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the Instagram algorithm. Um, mm. Do you feel like, I don't know, lately I'm feeling like I yeah. have really low engagement. <laughs> and um, I don't know if it's like people are just burnt out by fiber art or macrame mm. or whatever. I don't know what it is. But um, mm-hmm. how do you, like, have you noticed a change recently? And how do you think people could, I don't know, maybe overcome it? Big change. You're not alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> everyone is going through. Everyone is going through. I'm going all my accounts. Like, Pinlord used to have like engagement of let's say like around two percent, which is pretty standard. Now it has engagement of like less than one percent. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, right. It's I really, know. but like, it's really frustrating for a lot. And I feel like because so many people have put so much work into their pages, it's mm-hmm. so frustrating to mm-hmm. see like, oh man, all this time, all these years that I put into my page, now it's like, it feels like nobody's seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> we should have like a support group. Of like, okay, <laughs> I, know. You know? I know. So I guess we, I, you probably don't really have a clear answer on how to. But I do though. Okay. So, okay. so, so how I like to think of this is, um, and it goes into a big reason. So I also write about how to build businesses on Instagram like I have my own blog and I just go really specifically about like which softwares to use and like all this stuff um but the reason why I did it was because I think that it's really important to start communicating to people that being successful on Instagram isn't about like 
being cool or like being really talented. You know, it's about like, honestly, it's just understanding that like how it works and learning to execute the system properly. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about you as a human being. It's not about how talented you are as an artist. It's like, not personal. It's yeah. not personal. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like, it, because I feel like I, it's happened to me. Like a lot of people get affected by their Instagram accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Like personally, because oh, we have, we all do. I mean, oh, yeah. it's human nature, right? We're all looking for that dopamine rush of like the likes coming in, you know? Yeah. yeah. So learning to kind of like see Instagram as a system and not like as a place where you're gonna, it, it says a lot about you as an individual, I think it's really helpful and a mm-hmm. really healthy way to start looking at our Instagram accounts. Mm-hmm. So that's how I like the lens that I look at the Instagram algorithm through. <laughs> so how I like to think about the, the algorithm is that the truth is Instagram is a business that works, like exists to make money from advertising. Like they're an advertising business, right? And the way that they make money from advertising is the, to maximize the amount of time that our eyes spend on the screen. They exist to maximize the way the, the time that our eyes are on the screen and not to like, they don't exist to let us express ourselves. They don't exist to like help right. us build a community. They don't ex- like, I know they market themselves as that because right. that, that makes us more attached to it, but that's not the truth. <laughs> it's just really good advertising. Yeah. So if you think about the algorithm in that way, right? Like they, the algorithm exists to maximize the time of eyes on the screen. Mm-hmm. So the algorithm, what the algorithm does is uh, the algorithm uses data to be able to um, see which posts, which pieces of content are going to give them the highest likelihood that when someone opens the app, they're going to like spend as much time as possible on that first post. Mm-hmm. So be like, okay, what sort of things make people look at a post for longer? And then you start thinking about like, okay, it tends to be like the people who have the highest engagement, right? Like the posts that have the highest engagement tend to be surface first. And in general on Instagram, the things that tend to have the highest engagement tend to be more like personalities. So YouTubers have really, really high engagement on Instagram. Um, Musicians have really high engagement on Instagram. People that tend to share more about themselves tend to have higher engagement on Instagram. And that tends to go to like just our true nature of humanity that we're just like social beings that mm-hmm. we care about like what other people are saying, right? Like how they look and all that stuff like that attracts us more than a piece of art on a wall. Right, right. So the data, that's what the data is saying. Like we, even if we, like what happens to me is like, no, I don't really care that much about that sort of stuff. But that's what I say in my head but my eyes say something different (laughs) like Uh I actually just spend the most amount of time looking at other people and like reading what other people are saying about themselves then right I think I really enjoy Mm -hmm. so what the algorithm does is basically surfaces the posts that they think have the highest likelihood of keeping people's attention for longer and that goes into the same thing that we're talking about like differentiated stuff so if posts that you've seen a hundred times before you're not likely to look at them for longer because you know what that is like, right? Mm-hmm. So people that fast. Mm-hmm. That's why differentiation is the same reason why you grow faster and you get more engagement is because our eyes are like, oh, this is something new. I haven't right. seen this before. So we tend to 
engage with it longer, look at it longer, and the algorithm tends to surface it more as well. So it's kind of like this snowball effect of mm. It really it, is about like how long you're staying on a picture. Absolutely. So on that note, captions. Yeah. Captions, yeah. Captions that are really either opening up about something or maybe asking a question that people are going to answer yeah. in the comments. Like, do you think the more... I I was assuming that the more comments people are leaving, the more Instagram is going to feed up that photo to more yeah. people. Yeah. Is that true? If yeah. Like, a lot of people now are like automating, like faking comments and stuff. Like Instagram knows how to recognize that. So it no longer impacts. It used to, but not anymore. But yeah, like, so for example, like engagement, like it's really silly, but like captions that are much longer tend to do a bit better because just people like you have to do that extra step of like show me more and then reading for a few seconds longer mm. that is telling instagram oh wow people are paying attention to this post they show it to more people right that's why videos tend to do better right because a video kind of like forces yeah, you to you stay on, on. for more seconds yeah. like things like the slideshow force you to touch the screen a bit longer and move. like those sort of things are the reasons why those sort of posts tend to be prioritized by the algorithm interesting so there's no like apart from creating things that keep people's attention there's no longer any sort of like really tactical thing mm -hmm. um things like using videos tend to help uh writing longer captions with going that go in line with like being a bit more specific and open about the content you're creating um those things can help but honestly it's just about like really differentiating yourself or like executing posts like at a really high level right which um, is really 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 hard it is it is and it's getting harder i, I mean that's I, yeah. there's no doubt about it it for sure is um i remember hearing way back when that um emojis don't count in the comments as like real substance so they won't i don't do you know if this is true or not so if people would comment with only hearts yeah then you're not really it doesn't it barely counts as far as the algorithm is concerned? Who knows? Like, know. honestly, <laughs> they, they, they change it so much now that like it doesn't. It's like, what's the point of even trying to keep up? <laughs> it's, there's no point of like thinking about like those specific things because long-term it's just yeah. knowing that it's just like eyes on posts that okay. matters, not as much those specific things. No, that's actually really good to keep in mind. Like really, you guys, it's about keeping people's attention on your photo enough to spend an extra couple seconds on it and enough to have them possibly like and comment yep. on it, right? Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, it really is. Can we talk about shadow banning? Is it real? I think it used to be, and then and then they were <laughs> yeah. like, no, we just changed the algorithm. Like, what's your yeah. thought? What are your thoughts on shadow banning? It's, uh, I recently wrote an article about it. Oh, you did? And I started my article saying that I have never seen proof of shadow batting. Okay. Like I've never seen anyone show me, be like, look, here's a post that I just posted and it's just not showing up. I've never seen that. I've read that people online tend to, they've experienced it, but I've never experienced it myself. Um, mm. I've talked to people that, some people that have, used to work on Instagram and some people that have experienced it. And the one thing that seems the most, um, real to me is getting reported. So mm -hmm. if your posts are getting reported for 
whatever reason, then I have, I'm pretty sure you stop showing up on hashtags. Mm-hmm. So don't show your uh, boobies, guys. <laughs> yeah, it depends on your audience. Right? Like, yeah, I, I might not want to report your boobies, but some audience. Um, so yeah, like getting reported, I think is a really, that's that I believe. Like if you start getting yeah. reported, you're not going to show up. Yeah, um, for sure. But apart from that, some people say banned hashtags, but. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. I heard Boho was banned. Like, so if you click and, and wait, and it used to be, this is probably a year and a half or two years ago, where yeah. if you clicked on Boho, it actually said, this is a banned hashtag. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, that, it doesn't make any if sense. If you saw it, then it's but, true, right? Like if you yeah. clicked on it then, it, then it is true. Yeah. So I don't know if it's but, true anymore though. I should try it and, and, you know, I should try it out. Yeah. But like, um, it used to be that way. Then, then I do think there's, there's something to that. So for example, like, Another thing that is into hashtags, like before Instagram did favor, like if you had 30 hashtags, they would probably show you in all of them. Mm-hmm. But now because things are changing and Instagram isn't surfacing content based on hashtags that much anymore, just because mm-hmm. their technology is better. The, if you're posting a lot of hashtags, there's just a higher likelihood that you're going to post one that is either banned, you know, like mm-hmm. that yeah. sort of isn't working as much anymore. So for example, it'd be like to be, if you want to be really safe, I'd say like post five hashtags, right? Okay. And then post the five hashtags that you know are like really specific and accurate to what you do. Yeah, like really relevant. Really relevant. And yeah. even if like they don't have a bigger reach, but the one the, the people that are going to click on that one are looking for the thing that you exactly do. Mm-hmm. So you have a likelihood of getting more eyes on your page because of it. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I'm yeah. learning because I always post like, I don't know, maybe at least 10 but I, I used to do the same thing yeah. i used to do 30 but like i like now i do think things are changing to a degree where like it's not the best practice to yeah. do a lot of things. it matters less yeah um interesting um have you tried to advertise through instagram like promote your posts and how has it gone for you because i will tell you I tried maybe a year, maybe a year ago and it was like my organic posts did way better than my promoted post. And so I was like, this is not worth it. But I don't know if that's different now because they want to make money. You know, I I assume that they want my ad dollars. So it's strange that they would not have my promoted post be more successful, you know? Yep. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yep, I tried (laughs) a bunch of that. Um, So uh, they do work if you know how to do ads really, really well. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh no. Hold on one second, guys. I think we have. Um... Are you back? Okay. There we go. Sorry, you were gone for one second. Okay, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, yeah, like I was saying, like ads do work if you know how to do ads really, really well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's getting harder and harder to be able to do ads really, really well unless you are willing to kind of become an expert at ads okay um but i'll tell you i'll tell you what's worked for me like this is what i know so for example like what i've noticed is if you want to test an ad a good way to start would be to also go to your business insights page and sort by engagement and look at which posts have gotten the most engagement and then try and put ad dollars behind those Mm. posts okay 
that's because that's telling you like that's a good be like oh these people tend to already already told me that they like this sort of post right so you can like go in and edit the caption mm-hmm. so you could go in and edit the caption to kind of make it an, an ad sort of thing yeah, okay. and then try to put money behind it another thing that's really really hard to figure out is doing selecting um audience targets so intuitively what tends to happen is most of us be like okay let's say i'm doing pins and most of the people that buy pins are let's say um, females between 18 and 24 years old in the US, right? So what I would do is like intuitively I would go and like make those selections and be like, oh, females, blah, blah, blah. Like, and that would make my audience much smaller, right? Like much more specific. But the problem is there's a lot of other small businesses trying to reach that same audience. Mm. So it tends to be like really, really expensive to do something very specific. Right. So what I've tended to notice that tends to work a bit better is just going really broad. So now what I do is I do my ads kind of like just US, USA, like just general. Okay. And there's a little trick. There's This can get like a bit specific, but I have it in an article. But you change your um, the way that Instagram charges you. You change it to not be like, oh, for every time someone sees my ad, but you change it to when someone clicks on my ad. So then you're showing it to a lot of people and they're not charging you to show it to a lot of people and they're just charging you to click. So the people that are going to click are the ones that are kind of interested in it already. Right. So it tends to be a little bit more effective. Okay. That's very good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I got to work on my ad game. (laughs) All right. It's it's really, really hard. Another thing that is like super important is like to not make your ads seem like ads. Mm Mm-hmm. So for, so for example, I tend, so now what works the best is doing Instagram story ads, just because not as many people are doing Instagram story ads yet. Mm-hmm. So they tend to be a bit cheaper because they're also harder to do. But one ad that's been working really, really good for me is an ad that I'm literally just, oh, I tried one that I was just dancing, <laughs> dancing with my wife. And it was just like a text on top that said, Hey, my name is Eduardo. I make a living from my Instagram accounts. If you want to learn how to do it too, just swipe up. And it was just me dancing. I didn't sell anything. I wasn't like promoting anything specifically. I just wanted people to swipe up yeah. to go to my blog. And that like got a cost per click of like two cents, mm-hmm. which is like really, really, really low. Yeah. But I know that it worked because it just, it was just the, all ads that you see on Instagram within a moment that you see you're like oh that's an ad and you your brain immediately like right. turns off right 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 so if you if you see a, an ad they can like oh that that we following that person right, right. Like, that gives you that split second and that already like just tips off instagram like oh this is an ad that's performing well because people aren't immediately just clicking right like next so you want your ads to not be an ad basically you want right. it to just appear that one of the people that you're following just posted it right Interesting. I'll tell you the things I I realize that I end up watching forever is like workout yeah, yeah. workout people. <laughs> yeah. They start doing yoga or they start like like Kayla it scenes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I I'll just sit there. I'll sit there for like the full thing and be like, oh, this is mad. I'm like, uh-huh, but I need yeah. to I need to go work out. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming those aren't like, oh, like buy my things right now. Like they're like kind of lead you through just it they leads you, you almost content. through like a workout. Yeah. Like you're like, yeah. it's 
Like you could actually just do that workout. You don't necessarily have to pay further. But then it's like if you want the full course or whatever, then you can go and pay for it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I find that to be brilliant. So I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But oh that will also change, right? Like when people like after a while, everybody's going to start doing that same thing. And then everybody's going to know that that's an ad. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's always going to keep changing in that way. Yeah. We all have to stay malleable, I guess. And just keep learning. Well, I mean, you have like some amazing insights. Um, I'm actually also interested to know a little bit more about you and the, and like what you're doing with your business now and how you're able to make money with these accounts. Yeah. Whew. So this has also changed radically over the last two years. Um, so first, and I think this applies to most of us, right? Like my first one, Pinlord, um, I basically started making money two ways, right? Like first getting paid to post other people's content, mm -hmm. um, which this won't apply to everyone because not everyone's going to be a reposter page. Right, but right. if you get to a place where you have enough followers or enough engagement, it might not be a small uh pin maker, but it'll be a, a brand that'll want you to post about them or something like that. So first of all, getting larger number of followings and larger number of engagement and charging per post. But then second, just having your website and your LinkedIn bio and getting those, the people who are into your content to click through that and buy your products, right? Mm-hmm. So, in so what, are you, cases, what are you doing? Are you doing like Instagram or social media courses? Like, so I used to make like so I used I still sell my pins, right? So that yeah. helps me. But that's like that used to be most of my income, like wow. eighty percent of my income. But because then there was so much more competition in pins, right? My average income per month started going down. I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is not boding well, well for me. So I need to figure out a way to start earning money because it's I knew that it's not going to last. Right. So what I started doing was I had started writing articles about how to build a business. Just it was purely just for the point of like trying to help people grow their businesses. But they were getting really high traffic because just they were really specific. Like most social media experts, I've seen the articles and they all write like, oh, like engage more often and like post frequently, like really vague. Really generic, yeah, yeah. yeah. But my articles were like, use this software and like click this button. And like, you know, like it was just really specific, like saying exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. So those started to rank really highly on Google and they were getting a lot of traffic. And I used certain software. So for example, to automate posts on Instagram, I would use the software um, to, I would use like to, to, what was the other one? I forget the words, no. mm. but like, for example, like all these softwares, I would in include them in my how to's. And then I changed the link that I had to an affiliate link. Mm -hmm. So my how to's started earning money for me because whenever people started using the way that I use Instagram, they would also start using the software that I use uh, and I would get commission from that. Right. So the affiliate link is key. With affiliate link. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was particularly good in my case because it wasn't like a one-off, like, oh, buy one thing from Amazon. It was monthly services. Mm -hmm. So everybody, like, if you use software for four months, I would get paid my percentage for those for a I month. I see. So it can build upon itself. And it takes a long time, but after a while, it can be enough to survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's really interesting. So, like, uh, for example, the... Um, the program you use to automate posting? Yeah. What is what is that one? Or should we just direct people to your blog? 
click on it. <laughs> click on That'd that. I could say. Let's yeah. do that, guys. Yeah, like, Give it. <laughs> show Eduardo yeah, some you, love. <laughs> yeah, you can help me by doing that. Um, the, the one I use now is called Only Pult. Only, this one is only what? Only only Pult. Uh, only P U L T dot com. P U L Pult. Okay. So that's a weird one. So there's a lot of like big ones. I think it's late. What what are the or like a buffer? Like there's ones that like mm. everybody knows about, right? Not me. Recently... I always just sit there and I do it like in real oh time. God. It's gonna save you. Like once oh you God. start like scheduling ahead of time, you're gonna save yourself hours. Oh my gosh. But so I use this one because this one is the only one that allows you to put your hashtags in the first comment, mm. and none of the other ones do. I see. And I think like visually, I just particularly like how it looks without it not being in the caption. Yeah. All right. Cool. But all of the other ones are fine. Like they'll all get the work done. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Um, so what do you, let's see, with your, what are your personal goals that you want to have happen with your accounts now? Now that you've, I mean, I feel like you're, you know, I haven't checked Pinlord, but I know with Macrame Makers, it's grown incredibly. You're still like very active and it's growing every day. What would you like to see happen with that account in the future? Honestly, I don't know yet for macrame makers. So if any of you guys have any ideas, please, because I don't make many money for macrame makers. Yeah. It's, it's something that I don't, like I make money from my other accounts. I'm like, oh, it'll just be nice to not make money from this. Like to just let it be free for everyone and not have to charge per post or anything. Right. So for my other accounts, I charge per post, but for macrame makers, I don't. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, here's the thing. Here's, here's yeah. the thing I would have realized about making money and is that in order for like you have to first make sure that you and your family and your your own sort of livelihood is all taken care of in order to then it like it comes from a place of abundance where we where we're yeah. after that is when you can start putting other people first right and yeah, start yeah, even yeah. having a place and space to help other people yeah. um so and it took me a long time to get there because I was like, I don't oh, know, you know, <laughs> right? Like, because you just, yeah, yeah. It, I think we we all have like a very, you know, we come from a really honest place where we do just want to help yeah. people grow and do the best that they can. But like, it's once you feel settled that you can, you can then be a better support system for other people. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess my point in all that is saying that it, if you did charge for posts, I don't think that would be a bad thing at all, you know, because yeah. I don't think it would be some extravagant number, like a few yeah. dollars, five or 10 yeah. bucks, you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think that like people listening probably agree. It's not that much money for, for people to offset for the kind of return that it might bring them. So, yeah, no, yeah. I do, but, but even like part of like, so my account, like for example, like Pinlord, right? Like when I started, I did charge for posts there. And what I noticed ended up happening was because I was charging for posts over time, I didn't post the best, the absolute best in ML pins oh, on Instagram. Yeah. And over time, I think that really did affect the business because it, I was just, in, I was not posting the best content all the time. Right, right. So I'm like, I already do that with my other two Instagram accounts. I'm like, maybe what, like, what if I, this will be a really nice test for me to see what happens if I actually post the best things for as long as possible mm -hmm. without charge, without making money there. But honestly, like I know there's a way, like I'm, I'm sure the account has value. So like, honestly, if any, I'm like really interested in hearing people's ideas about how to make money on the account. So <laughs> feel yeah. free like just message me. But um, for, 
my accounts. Um, at this point, I don't think they'll actually be any long-term viable business. I just really, the, the way that Instagram is heading, uh, I don't think it's going to be very viable yeah. to like make a living exclusively from Instagram accounts. Yeah. Um, so that's, so I think my writing is what's going to help me earn a living long-term. Right. And use my Instagram accounts to just drive people to read my articles. Um, and that's going to be something that I know is going to really, that's going to apply to um, macrame is to be like, like trying to make a living off like purely selling macrame is going to keep getting harder and harder and harder right mm -hmm. so the people that are like teaching people how to do macrame or like teaching people how to build something else like yeah. those sort of things tend to be they're much harder to do but they're also much more differentiated and there's less competition there so like right. things as simple as like i don't know like just teach, helping others teaching others um That'll help. I think there's a lot, there's, it's harder, but there's a higher likelihood of being able to learn, burn, build a business from that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'll just keep on writing and try to just use my accounts to test stuff and then to just write about how it worked or it didn't work. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think that, I mean, that's so great though, that there's so much, there's so much knowledge there. And I think all, all of us really need help and you know, Me the fact too, that you're right? spending your time figuring all that out, like someone's done it, guys. <laughs> so that's it's amazing. I think more people need to know that you actually are a resource for that because I think, at least in the macrame community, we're like, oh, awesome macrame account, like, and that's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. where it ends. So yeah. yeah, I hope you guys will go and check out what Eduardo's been writing about, and you know, really get into it because obviously, it will help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll help me. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you talk, talk, talk to me a little bit about IGTV? Because I have not used it at all. That's a really good question. <sighs> all right, so I used to, I also run this Instagram growth hackers meetup in the city. Mm -hmm. I just have people who are like really interested in learning how to grow Instagrams. And what everybody has told me so far is that no one looks at IGTV. Mm -hmm. That might change. But right now, in terms of like t making a video, it takes a lot of time and energy. It takes so much time. <laughs> so, so much time and energy. And if you're going to spend one hour making a video, you want to put it in a place where you're going to get the most, the highest amount of, of eyes yeah. on it, right? Yeah. So, for example, right now, YouTube is way better to put your video content on just because a lot more people are going to see it um, compared to IGTV. And you're probably going to take the same amount of time trying to make the video. So right, that's to do right. YouTube. So IGTV, I think, is unclear yet. I'm sure Instagram, Instagram really, there's a lot of value on YouTube. Like, big YouTube, like, if you're able to make it as a YouTuber in comparison to an Instagrammer, like, there's a lot more value mm -hmm. because just people are way more connected to YouTubers just as, as like, the relationship between the content creator and the people who are viewing right. the content. So they tend to get a lot more click-throughs, right? Like they're able to sell more products because just people trust them more. Right, right. Because I think it's because just video is closer to human interactions, right? Instead of a photo, which is a bit more detached. Right. So I'd say if you're going to create video, try to make it on YouTube, uh, which is also really, really, it's much harder to do that than on Instagram. But con uh, video content on IGTV is still... I wouldn't spend my time on that yet. Yeah. There's only been one IGTV person that I've watched, and it was yeah. um, Plantarina. 
Do you know her? Mm, no, no, no. She, I think she's in New York. I think she's in like the Hamptons or Long Island or something. But she has an yeah. awesome plant account, and her she her okay. I, her IGTV video clips end up in her regular posts right. and then they, and then they direct to igtv so she'll like mm -hmm. replant a pothos or something like that seems yeah. obvious but like wa ha watching her actually do the job like you're yeah. like oh okay that wouldn't be that hard to do this um yeah. or like re redoing cuttings or whatever and she yeah. for some reason i find her videos really compelling and then i realized that she was on using igtv almost every time um so then i it made me think like oh is this becoming a bigger thing than i thought but um mm -hmm. i guess we'll all have to keep an eye out it, it, but i think you did you you touched like it is getting bigger because instagram changed the way they surface it right right because right you saw it on your home feed exactly it's gonna that made it way more accessible and it made me sure. it's like you know being in the post was like a little teaser so because yeah. they'll be like click on my igtv if you want to see more yeah and that's i mean that was a brilliant move on their part for getting at least people to pay attention to it yeah yeah so instagram is definitely they have eggs in that basket. So I'm sure in the future, they're going to keep changing things to try to get you to look at IGTV more. Yeah. Um, but I recommend like when it gets to that point, we'll all know. And then it'll be a good point to like get started on IGTV. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It'll be like a critical mass point And you're just like, okay, you can't, yeah, like, you, the train is going to leave the station soon. Get on it. Yep. But as the thing is like, like for me, like, I know that I probably, my accounts probably won't have a big IGTV presence because I just don't enjoy making videos. Like, it's right. just really, really hard for me, right? Like, right. I won't be able to sustain that in the way that I would sustain that post. And I know, I'm sure this is the same case for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's really hard to make good videos. It's really, really hard. It is. I know. I just posted, like, my first real YouTube tutorial, and it took wow. me for freaking ever. And I'm like, how, yep. do, how are people, like... How would I do this every day? I'm gonna have to like, oh, okay. <laughs> I gotta hire people or something. You know, I can't do it all myself. So, how is how is the video doing? Like, what have you found? Uh, not great. Like, well, I was really stupid. So first, I posted um a quick like one minute video of making like um you know a planter basket, and that yeah. did really well. And everyone was like, and I actually said in it, here's the mm. thing. I worked so backward because I knew that I should have just had it. You, I should have had the YouTube um, video made already and posted. And then I should have posted that quickie video. But what I did is I posted the quickie video. People were like, yes, I want the full tutorial. So then I took the next like three days. I made the actual thing, posted it on YouTube. Then I posted again about how I made the plant basket video. And that posted like, wah, wah, whatever, a couple hundred. Mm -hmm. um, and the video itself, the tutorial itself, is maybe at like 175 views or something. Like something yeah. really lame so i'm like man i don't know if like the out the mm. time output is um if it's going to give me any return or whatever yeah i don't know but and is know, there a lot of i think it probably takes of, time to grow it too so it does, yeah. it does is there a lot of other videos about that specific topic on youtube no like if you search macrame mm. plant basket it comes up at like number four or something oh, okay yeah i but think it, I just... has, it has a high likelihood that it will grow over time yeah i noticed that like yeah. sometimes they take a while for them to like show up highly right yeah no and i just i i knew as i was posting that first one minute video i was like yeah. i should just do the tutorial da, da, da. but i'm really <laughs> bad at um controlling my urges yeah <laughs> and i even knew like in my head i was like i really should just have this link available and i was like yeah. oh screw it i just want to and then i was like no i just want the likes yeah, like i yeah, just yeah. want people to see this cute yeah. little quick video you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah i gotta rein myself in in that sense yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, um, well, I'm, this was awesome. I think, um, you know, everything that you're doing is really great and you have so much helpful knowledge. Um, do you want to like have people, do you want to request anything from people while you're on the podcast or? Mm. I think my one request would be to just take really good care of themselves and don't take their Instagram very seriously. It's not about how talented they are. It's not, it says nothing about you as a human being. Yeah. Like, and it is not about it, your worth. This is not your value. It's not about your, absolutely. Like it's, yeah. that's such an important thing. Like treat it like treat your Instagram as a business because Instagram is treating you as a business mm -hmm. and it's not about like, it's really hard. We can make personal connections somewhere else. And yeah. Instagram isn't the best place to make sincere, deep personal connections. So I would recommend to just treat it as a business and all the relationships that come from it, ah, great, but don't use it as your main way to put your persona in it and just treat it as a business and it'll be easier to Separate. navigate, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, I second that wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, I even have to tell people who are listening, like I, it, um, I have to remind myself, like if a photo bombs, I'll be like, oh, nobody likes that product or something like that. But yeah. it does, it is like inversely proportional to then the sales on the pe on like the rope or whatever. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm like, mm, you know what? This is, this is not correlated. No. You know, the number of likes I'm getting are not affecting my sales. And, no. um, you know, it's, yeah, it's really, it's important to separate the two. So. Oh, so important. Yeah. We've all gone through it like, oh. I have a lot of friends and myself, we've gone through the process of like, oh, but comparing my life or my business to other people's business, and that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's totally futile. There's just yeah. no point in, in no doing point. that to yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Eduardo, thank you oh, so Cindy, much. Thank you. I'm, thank it was you so, so nice to finally get a chance to talk. I know we've sort of been DMing and trying to figure out how to collaborate, and like yeah. we're both sort of, we don't have any real ideas on how to do that, but this is our first <laughs> one, so that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. much. And um, I will see you. Bye. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.